Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Lake Mount Young Adults Podcast. We are the Young Adults Ministry of Lake Mount Worship Center, and we are on a mission to connect young adults to the life-changing presence of Jesus Christ. We meet every Monday night at 7 p.m., and we'd love to have you join us. You can find more information on our socials, but in the meantime, we hope you enjoy the message for this week. Hey, hey, the mother of the house. It's good. Also known as Mama Lise. As a mother, if you have dirty shoes and you came up on the platform, it's a mom thing. You walked this way. Oh, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Just being a mom. All right. How are y'all guys all doing? I was just going to make some Jocelyn flubs there. That was a good one. Do y'all remember that announcement, though, now? If you want to dig deep, deeper, where are you coming? See? It's memorable. Wednesday nights at 630. That's where you want to be. All right, as we take off into 2024 at Elia, obviously we are not just solely a young adult place. We get to gather because we are under a house that loves every generation. So we get to thrive in this because of Lake Mount Worship Center as a whole. And it's important for us to recognize that, especially in our age group, which I'm not a part of anymore. I'm speaking to you, not to myself. It's important for you guys to recognize that you are where you are because of a generation that has gone ahead of you and said, we want to bless this generation. We want to make a way. We want to provide for you guys. We want to open the doors. We want to make sure there's access for you to come and encounter the presence of God. So I want you to know that you come here on Monday nights, whether you come from another church or you have moved here to go to school and this is your church while you're here, that you are in a house that loves the presence of God. And as a house, we honor your generation because there's something powerful on you that you guys get to do that the next generation is finished doing, but is passing on to you and the younger generation has yet to see it from you. So you're not just receiving in your life, you're always growing and getting, okay? So I want you just in this atmosphere to recognize you're part of a house where you are getting something from the people that went ahead of you. And that's important for us to know at this stage in your life, because sometimes you can feel like this age is everything, because it feels all-consuming and you're changing the most. But it's not everything, I promise. There's people that have gone ahead of you that have dreamed of this. They sewed into it with their prayers, their finances, their dreaming, their vision, and you're living in it, which means that the Holy Spirit's here to empower you for what they dreamed about. So it's a good thing to remember that I'm part of a process, okay? What we also need to embrace is, 
at this stage in your life, there are some 10-year-olds and some 8-year-olds and some 12-year-olds that look at you and want to be you. Especially when you're locked into the house of God, they're watching you all the time. So never downplay that this is a relay race and your baton is going to somebody watching you. So it matters how you live. It matters how you take in the word. It matters how you digest it and give it away. How you live is really important. Okay? It has nothing to do with what I'm talking about. I just thought you should know that you're blessed. I would have given my right arm for something like this when I was your age. So you guys are very blessed. Yep. All right. Hunger. Yep. Ever been really, really hungry? Okay, where's all my guys at? Okay, I don't know how you guys can consume what you eat. Like, I would be 500 pounds plus. It makes my stomach sore to sometimes watch what you guys eat. But then you're always these skinny little things running around like, ah! Where's 20 more bucks of bread and peanut butter that I can consume? I'm like, I don't get it. Yeah, bread. Okay. Hunger. It's actually like a sensation that your body tells you right up to your brain and reacts back into your gut. Please eat. We don't have what we need. We're used to eating now. If you're a glutton, you can get hungry all the time, like your brain is used to consuming too much, okay? So it will tell you, eat again, eat again, eat again. But that I'm talking about that starving sensation where your like, gut feels like it's eating itself. Like, please put food in here. <laughs> I'm about to die. You know that feeling? And it's been like three hours. You're like, it's not that bad. Let me talk you through this. You're like counseling your own stomach. Just relax. You're a grown-up. You got this. Okay? I literally was starving one time, but on purpose. Okay? You guys have heard of 40-day fast? Mm-hmm. Okay. So one time, did one, and I'm going to say this under some pastoral care. If you ever feel the Holy Spirit drop on you, do a long-term fast, please do it wisely, okay? I'm saying that right out the gate because it matters how you fast. If you eat, you know, McDonald's for breakfast, Burger King for lunch, and a pizza for dinner, just dead stopping and going to a 40-day fast is actually going to hurt you, okay? So I'm talking about 40 days. If you want to do three, three days, you know, just stop the McDonald's, Burger King, pizza, you'll be fine. Long-term, your body needs an adjustment if you're going to do something long-term, okay? So there was this one time that Matt and I had this brilliant idea from the Lord that we would contend for 40 days and not eat food. So we would have just liquids, but like no dairy products that would feed you, so clear liquids, Matt did amazing. The guy was drinking water after 20 days. And I was like, dear God. Okay, I got kicked out of a grocery store. 
Yeah, because I'll tell you what happens when you're really, really hungry is your nose is trying to satisfy your hunger. So I was picking up things at the grocery store like... <sighs> and I noticed this guy following me around and I was like, oh, just leave me alone. So I started walking faster, but then I am like not eating. So I'm like, oh, I gotta slow down. Got stuck in the cheese aisle. And I'm smelling, you know, all the good cheeses that are like $15 for this little, I was like, oh, that smells good. He's like, ma'am, is there a problem? <laughs> I was like, yeah, I'm starving. <laughs> anyway, it's hilarious if you picture it. I'm starving. I got a cart full of food. I don't look like I'm homeless. I don't look like I have a problem. He's like, okay, why don't you eat anything? I was like, I can't. <laughs> So I'm trying to explain to him that I'm fasting. He's like, well, why don't you stop? And I was like, well, because I can't stop right now. I'm in the middle of it. He's like, well, could you just leave our food alone? Like, people are getting scared. <laughs> I was like, okay. So I put the cheeses down, and he was, like, still following me. And then I got caught in, like, where all the kibasas and... That stuff smells really good when you're fasting. Like, your sense of smell is just, like, 18 times better. And I was like, he's like, ma'am, you're going to have to leave. And I was like, oh. He's like, you're scaring me and the customers. And I was like, and probably the cheese is scared, too. Okay, so I did get kicked out of the grocery store for my hunger at one time because I was really hungry. But I am... Here to say I made it to 40 days. I thought I was going to have a heart attack, but made it to 40 days. Again, just do that wisely, because coming off, I couldn't even eat an apple after. I was like, oh, my stomach hurts from eating an apple. It was a really weird thing. And Matt was fine. So there's just a lesson about our life. Matt was fine, period. That will be his eulogy. Through all of life's trials, Matt was fine. <laughs> yes. Okay. So hunger. Hunger is cravings that need to be satisfied. Okay. And I want to take this from a physical to a spiritual. Obviously, I'm just telling you that story to open up your mind of hunger can be really strong. It can be like over the top. Our senses are just feed me. Okay. Our spirits are the same. Whether you're aware of it or not is up to how much you put your spirit out front of yourself, okay? We have typically in our North American culture, we put our soul, our body, and then our spirit. In that order, that is how we walk through life, perceive life, sort life, and filter life. But as a child of God... When you get born again, I don't know what that was. You get born again. Oh, guys, <laughs> I can't wait till these come off. That's my excuse in life. When you get born again, your spirit goes out front. Okay? You went from death to life. So when you say yes to Jesus, the cross comes in and says, Oh, I got a better way for you to live. Let me take you up into the heavenly places. Let me make you a co-heir with Christ. Let me let the life of the Spirit come alive in you. Okay? While that's trying to take place, 
we still have hunger cravings from our past life, okay? The Bible in the New Testament is actually amazing at helping us through this journey. It lays out all the way from the Pauline epistles through how to be discipled. So it should not surprise you if you're in your word that you have struggles, that you have appetites that are not godly sometimes, <laughs> okay? That doesn't make you abnormal. That makes you normal, okay? Every morning, our job is to deny myself, pick up my cross, which is the blood of Jesus, which paid for everything, made a way for me and brought me into salvation. I pick that up and I choose to wear that. Not my appetites, not my sin nature. I choose to pick on the new flesh, or the not the new flesh. That was bad theology right there. I pick up my new spirit and I die to the old flesh. Okay? The old appetites, we start putting them down. And we stop craving them, okay? Like I said, when I was fasting, my sense of smell went through the roof. There are some things in your life that need to go through the roof as you cut out some other things. No, other senses, other hungers, other desires need to turn on while you put your old self to death with the, the power of Jesus working through you, Okay? I'm just trying to back the bus way up because I think sometimes we come into church and we're saved, we're delivered, we're healed, we're on course, we're being discipled, but we don't understand the authority that we have the minute you wake up. The minute you wake up, you have a decision. Am I going to co-labor with myself? <laughs> Me, myself, and I, my selfish desires, because you will partner with something, or am I going to partner with the Holy Spirit, who is powerful and a genius at life? What am I about to partner with in my day? If that's not a conscious decision, which I would say from meeting with a lot of you, that's not a high number. It needs to be, because of what the word and what Jesus promised you. You get to walk with Jesus imparted as the Holy Spirit, a genius, a best friend, a counselor, a healer, a deliverer, all the power you need, all the might you need, all the truth that you need, all at once, the minute you wake up. You have everything you need for life and godliness wrapped up in him. Our issue is that we don't get taught how to do it. So I want to encourage you tonight to lean in because we need to learn how to do it. How do I walk with you as my best friend so that it's not a concept to me? You actually are my best friend. When something's happening to me, I understand there's something that's getting awakened here that I thought was dead. Now what do I do? Well, you're not subject to it. You're not powerless to it. You're actually way more powerful than you think. Way more powerful because you actually have the Holy Spirit living in you. 
Okay, if you attend here, Pastor Matt talked about the power of the Holy Spirit yesterday, that it lives in you, that he is the triune God, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, all in one. That was a good rap if it was with the beat there. Okay, he's all in one and he's in you. He chose to come to the cross so that he could be in you. In you. Have you ever just stopped and thought what that means? It literally changes everything. It's not just I get to go to heaven. I get to live a life that is free and shame-free and no condemnation, and I get to live in the power of the Holy Spirit. I get to see things that are in the Bible come true. Okay? I get to literally have him with me at all times. That is a great deal. Thank you. It's a huge concept. I get it. And this took me a long time to understand that there was more than just reading the word. I had to absorb it. I had to actually believe it and then live it. Otherwise, it is a concept. That's a great thought, Pastor Lisa. Love it. You made me feel good. I'm not here to make you feel good. I want you to go beyond here and get into your spirit and go, wait, that's, tr wait, that's truth. And you know what truth does when the Holy Spirit reveals? It sets you free. So when you feel like you're subject to something, like I will never get through this thing. Yes, you will. Yes, you will. First of all, stop with the confession. Because your mouth is powerful. What you agree with lives. Second, Embrace that God brought you from death to life. So define it. What does that look like? What does life look like? What does life in the spirit look like? What does fullness of life look like? You got to get in your word and define it. Not just a concept. Not just an agreement up here. More than that. What's the fullness of the spirit look like? Great question. Great question. You're going to start knowing him by your appetites. Am I getting closer to him? Are my appetites changing? Is my hunger shifting from distraction and sin? Just useless time wasting to devotion? Justice, mercy, love? Is the hunger changing? The hunger has to change when we stay in step with him. It just does. Okay, your appetite will change. Anyone ever done like a cleanse? Like you just needed to get healthier, not to drop five pounds. You needed to change your appetites to maybe figure out if you had issues, problems, we call them. Okay. When you're doing a cleanse, here's what happens. Your palate changes. Everything that you cut out, you're like, oh, dear God, I crave that for three days. You're just like, your body's like, please, give me sugar, give me sugar, give me sugar, give me sugar. The whole time. I don't even eat sugar. Like, I don't love desserts. But when you cut out sugar out of, like, your breads and carbs, your body's like, give me sugar, give me sugar, give me sugar. And I'm like, I don't, need, I don't know how to find it. 
Sorry, that's how I relate to myself. Is that weird? I'll just go. <laughs> All right. Your appetites start to change. You start to crave weird things like, ooh, you know what would be really good right now? Is some of that quinoa bread. Well, nobody else is asking that. They want Wonder Bread. White, full of sugar. Sorry. My son, he grew up in an organic household. Had his first milkshake at 10. He was like, Mom, I think that's abuse. (laughs) Anyway, your appetites start to change. You're like, I actually like the way I feel. I feel lighter. I feel stronger. I feel cleaner. I feel better. Do I wish all my friends ate this way? Yes. Be a lot easier if you went to somebody's dinner party and you're like, Oh, good, you're serving weird things too. Good, we're all craving the same thing, okay? Life is like that in the spirit, okay? While you're getting different appetites, while you're feeling the benefits, you're surrounded by people consuming other appetites. And you're like, oh, I remember that. I love a good caramel bar. How do they get that stuff in the center? Okay? You're surrounded by it. The enemy's not going to make it any easier for you guys. Just a news flash. It's never going to get easier, but you're going to get stronger. You're going to grow in wisdom. You're going to grow in the life of the Spirit, and you're going to start to crave things that are better for you and feel the benefit of it. When that happens, that's called gaining wisdom not experience, wisdom. And here's where experience and wisdom are different. You put it on and you learn. You take it on as a yoke of, I actually really enjoy this. I like this. I like how I feel. I see the why in this. I see the heart of the Lord in this. I agree with the Holy Spirit's work in me. That's an appetite change. Okay? And I know I'm using funny analogies like the caramel bar to quinoa bread, but literally think of it. When you go from death to life, there are some things that you have done or did or are doing that need to change, completely need to change. This isn't helpful. Every time I do it, I feel it. Okay? If you're not supposed to have gluten, every time it touches your system, you know it. You're like, oh, it was in something. And now I feel it, okay? Sin is the same way for us. Our appetites and our hunger, when we ingest it just a little bit, you're like, ah, dummy. Why? Okay? There will be a point where you know how to avoid it because your your appetite will change. Your hunger will drive you to something else because you're like, I want to live in the benefit of the fullness of God. Okay? I want to check into a story in the Old Testament of Jacob and Esau. Okay, in Genesis 25, they're setting the table of who Jacob and Esau are. Yep, is. Past tense and present. They are, is. Okay, 
And the significance of this, if you're new to the word, is we're talking about birthrights. So the firstborn son in the Old Testament had a birthright in his family. And that was passed down from your father. Okay, so I want you to hear on two levels. This is Old Testament. New Testament is you get the same thing from your father. And you'll have to see where I'm pointing. Your father. Okay, we have different um, ways of passing things on now where we spread everything evenly. That's not the way they did it in the Old Testament. So the firstborn son got everything. Got the blessing. He got the family. He got all the possessions. And he got a prophetic word about the future. That was birthright. Okay? So we're talking about Jacob and Esau. And I'm going to read it to you. It says in Genesis 25, 31 to 34, it says, Once when Jacob was cooking some stew, which is one of the brothers, Jacob, Esau is the other one, Esau came in from the open country famished. He said to Jacob, Quick, let me have some of that red stew. I'm famished. Famished. Famished? Famished. This is also why he was also called Edom. Jacob replied, First, sell me your birthright. Look, I am about to die, Esau said. What good is the birthright to me? But Jacob said, swear to me first. So he swore an oath to him, selling his birthright to Jacob. Then Jacob gave Esau some bread and some lentil stew. He ate and drank and then got up and left. So Esau despised his birthright. Okay, strange story if you're just coming in. You're like, hmm, context, please. Okay, the guy is hungry. So Jacob's more of like a home dweller, likes to cook. Esau is a hunter. Okay, so he's been out hunting. He's super hungry, comes home and says to Jacob, his brother, give me some food. Jacob's a little bit of a swindler. It's actually what Jacob means, deceiver. But it's redeemed. Okay, Jacob says, sell me your birthright, okay? We don't think of that as a big deal because we don't keep our word in our generation. But in the Old Testament, you kept your word. You were a man of your word, and if you swore to it, that was it. It was done, finished, complete. There didn't even have to be anyone else listening. You didn't go around saying, I didn't say that. It just was settled, you said what you meant, and you meant what you said. Okay? So Jacob sells him his, or gets the birthright from Esau for some bread and some stew. And then Esau has this despising going on about his birthright. Well, yeah, because you cut it off in your heart. And it didn't mean anything to you, and you disrespected it. Okay? So Esau, in his weakness and recklessness, discounts the value of inheritance and birthright because he was hungry. Okay, so here's where I want you to hear on a couple levels. Ever been there? Ever been reckless? Hungry? 
or disrespectful of what God said you could have and you just got lazy or you forgot. And there's this place in your heart where you're like, We're not meant to live like that. We're meant to live with an adoration of the inheritance that we were brought into. We are God's inheritance. We are his and he is ours. Okay, we need to have a deep respect for what God brought you out of. Darkness to light. Death into salvation. That's a big deal. If you have to recite that every day till you're like falling in love with Jesus all over again, he brought you off the path where you didn't know him. Onto a path where you know the creator and maker of heaven and earth. That's ridiculous love. Ridiculous love. The price that he paid for you to know the fullness of him is ridiculous. Okay? Esau, in weakness and recklessness, discounts the value and I just want to ask you is that any place that you find yourself your inheritance is Jesus your inheritance is his kingdom your inheritance is everything he said you could have you can have it do you get reckless do you discount yourself because you can't control your appetites I'm a huge proponent of journaling and checking yourself. It's probably because my mind moves at a pace that's ungodly. So for me, journeying with the Holy Spirit, I have to slow down. Okay? And I have embraced, I'm just sharing part of my testimony, I have had to embrace the fruit of the spirit of self-control to a level that has been challenging for me, okay? Challenge, 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 challenge. But if it's not a challenge, how do you know you're winning? Okay? The fruit of the Spirit is something, again, we cultivate with him. He doesn't just drop it on you. So if you think everything's just going to be handed to you from the clouds, that's not how the kingdom of God works. We work with him. We move with him. We have our being in him. We cultivate a friendship and an appetite for the things that he's hungry for. So check yourself in the morning, in the evening, in the noontime, whatever you want to do. Wherever you want to do that, get out a journal and say, how am I doing? Do I have any reckless appetites today? Because guess what? After you've eaten something you shouldn't have, it's too late. Want to know how to avoid it? Meal prep. Meditate. Journal. Check in with the Lord. Ask him, how are you doing today, Lord? Am I doing okay? Do I have any appetites that need to come under the authority of your name today? This is how we walk with him. He's not a concept. He's a friend. Okay? All right. So, encouragement from your father. Let him encourage you. 
while you're in unity with him. Let him encourage you. It's a birthright blessing that you have. He's not just always going to discipline you. You might get to a point where he's encouraging you. And that's a nice thing when you have a great appetite after him. And you're like, wow, I think I just felt the pleasure of the Lord. Because I walked away from that thing. That's possible, and it's doable, and it's within your reach. That's like your portion and your inheritance as a child of God. You're not always going to struggle. You will get into the place where your hungers are coming underneath the cross. Okay? Okay, so in Hebrews 12, I don't have time to read it. This is what Jesus gave us access to. So for homework, because I love homework, okay? Tonight, read Hebrews 12 before you go to sleep. No matter how late you go out, make it your job. Just, wow. We get access to all that. These are the promises. He's going to be with us like that. That's incredible. Okay, so read Hebrews 12. But I just want to read a couple of scriptures to you so you get why your hunger matters. Okay, Ephesians 1. 11 to 14, it says, In him we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will, in order that we, who were the first to put our hope in Christ, might be for the praise of his glory. And you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession, to the praise of his glory. Romans 8, 12 to 17. Therefore, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation. We don't love that word. We like the freedom word but read the whole Bible, okay? Therefore, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation, but it is not to the flesh to live according to it. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if you live by the Spirit, you put to death the misdeeds of your body, you will live. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. The Spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship, and by him we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. Okay, one more. Colossians 1, 9 to 13. For this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives, so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God 
be strengthened with all power according to his glorious might so that you may have great endurance and patience and giving joyful thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. I don't really need to add any more than that. The power of the cross, the power of the blood of Jesus, the power of his love, setting us free, what we actually get to live in, it's ridiculous. The promises are wild, okay? So as a response, gear your hunger and your appetite towards the things of God so that you remain in his power because it's on you. He said you could have it. Okay? It requires strength, endurance, and patience, but we get to co-labor with him. We're co-heirs with Christ, which means you're seated with him, which means he can speak to you and you can hear him. You can hear him. He's seated right next to you. Okay, Galatians 5. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against these things there is no law. Fruit of the Spirit. Different in the Old Testament according to this. When the law was abolished, we get access to this because of the Holy Spirit. Okay? Again, co-heirs. I'm going to work at this intentionally with you, Lord. Not because I'm about me, but because I'm about you. I'm a co-heir, so this should look like something. I bear your name. It should look like something. You ever been, okay, when you were a kid? Your parents ever say, just remember, you're my kid. You had like this, (gasps) holy fear, like, don't misbehave. Maybe it's just me because I was a bad kid. Every Sunday, please don't slide down the ramps at church. But why? Okay? Just remember whose kid you are. Okay? Same question. Same statement over you. Remember whose kid you are. You're his. Bought with a price. Set free. Co-heirs. All access to him. All the time. 24-7. We have no excuses. We just have to gear our hunger. We have to make him first, not ourselves. Okay? Work with him. Focus your hunger. In Matthew 5, 6, it says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Filled with what? Hmm. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst. Hunger. I would take that to mean hunger with your appetites. But also, biblically speaking, we are fed by the word. If you're wanting to grow, and I'm not saying all you do, if you've started to come to church, or if you've been doing this for years, and your food is church, that is not the way it's set up. Is not biblically sound. 
okay? Where you get fed is the word. Church is a blessing. That's called out ones, out of your house, full. Okay? You should be bursting when you get here. Like, I'm ready to praise the Lord. I'm ready to worship. I'm ready to encourage somebody. I'm full of the Holy Ghost. I am ready. Okay? Church is called out ones from their homes into a building that honors the Lord. Okay? While you are hungry, get fed off the word. Sermons should be an added bonus. They shouldn't be your well. It's not your source. Your source is the word. Because he's the truth. He's the life. He's the way. You're going to find him in the word. Okay? Absolutely don't ever stop coming out to church. It says in the Bible. I don't know the verse because I'm not Matt. Okay, he'll tell you the page number and everything. It's odd. But it's fine. <laughs> okay? Do not neglect coming together. It's really important. So don't get so into your word that you forget being with the saints. You need people. Okay, I'm going to go off on a high horse because that's my thing. Anyway, hunger and thirst. Thirst. The Holy Spirit. He is like water. Get in his presence all the time. Let him wash over you. Be hungry and thirsty. Let the manifest presence of the Lord be your portion. Okay? So be in the word. Be in the spirit. You can steer your appetite to hunger for him through the word and through the spirit. Okay? Hunger for God is about knowing him, not just salvation. It's not just salvation. That's not our stopping point. That's our starting point. Sanctification is right on the heels of salvation, and it's I am saved, I'm being saved, and I will be saved. Okay? It's a process. Hunger in the middle of it gets you to this end faster. I will be saved. That's like the turn of Christ. We won't get into that right now because I'm not the one to teach it. I just say be hungry and be looking. That's as far as I'm going. Matt could give you pages and little indents and where to go, okay? So we want to move beyond salvation for more of God and my heart truly is for you guys to know there's way more than just a little drop in the bucket there's so much if you think of God he's vast there's different aspects to him in every season of life that you go through you will know him as a friend you'll know him as the quiet one you'll know him as the loud one you'll know him as the discipline you'll know him as the love you'll know him as the joy of your heart you'll know him as you're the one who just sat with me in the valley of death you will know him in your lifetime in many facets I promise you he will never leave you or forsake you but inviting him into every season of your life is really important but it's intentional on your side to say, I'm hungry. Even if I can't find you right now, I'm hungry. Where are you? Okay, so we want to fix our hunger on him. So tonight, I think that learning from Esau is important for us. Esau let his flesh get the best of him, and he lost out on his inheritance. 
And that doesn't need to be our testimony. Our testimony is we were bought with a price. And we're saved. And we have the Holy Spirit to help us go, don't do that. Right, Holy Spirit, you're brilliant. Okay, I still have to do this every day, you guys. <laughs> like 35 years into this journey. 40? I don't know how old I am. Anyway, I'm up way down the road. And I'm checking in with the Holy Spirit all the time. Because I want to grow. All the time. I just want to be closer to him. I want to please him first, not myself. And a change in your appetites will give you the same hunger. Okay? Thanks for listening to the Lakemount Young Adults Podcast. For more information, please visit us at lakemount.ca or follow us on Instagram at lakemountya. Have an amazing week and we hope to see you soon.